Hi, and welcome to Real Trail Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 27. We have one of the greatest parks to talk about in this episode, and we're going to divide it up into two podcasts. So stay tuned for part two coming in a couple of weeks. But for part one, it is Fitzgerald River National Park, but the eastern side. Mm. So joining us today is Dr. Erica Jacobson. Welcome, Erica. Hi. So Great to be back. <laughs> yeah. So we had you on for the Cape to Cape episode a few mm. episodes back, mm. and we loved you so much that we brought you back because this is also one of your favorite areas to take people and explore. Oh, it sure is. It's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. Jaw-dropping, yeah. mind-boggling, yeah. incredible beauty. And the weird yeah. thing is when you mention Fitzgerald River to people, they normally give you a blank look like, where's that? What's that close to? Or, uh, yeah, where is it? Yeah. yeah. I heard yeah. of it, but yeah. And then you say it's in between Albany and Ashford. It's like, oh, well, that sounds far away. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I've, I've not been to the eastern part of the park, but the one trip I went to the west side and immediately I said, this is one of my top 10 in the country. And I mean, I think it's as good a park as somewhere like Lamington National Park or Kosciuszko National Park or Cradle Mountain National Park in that what it gives of what it has is unbeatable. You know, and, with, and when, when you're talking about biodiversity, when you see Fitzgerald River, it is, there's nothing else like it in the world, I don't think. Well, not that I've seen. Mm. So Erica, you might be able to clarify this, but how many different plant species does Fitzgerald River actually hold? Okay, so I'm going to pre- preface that with I don't know anything, okay? <laughs> but what I, <laughs> I don't know anything. I just love everything. Yeah. But I do know that the park um, contains about 20% of WA's um, species, plant species, and, um, and that within the park, because of its um, isolation while it was evolving, um, many of the species were able to even hybridize you know, between each other and, um, you know, there are things like quail up bells, the Baron's regalia, the royal hakea, and lots of the claw, the claw flowers, that they only exist, they only, they only grow there naturally. You know, mm. I think they grow them in other parts now, but, you know, they only grow mm. there naturally. And they're so beautiful to see when you walk around and suddenly go, oh, my gosh, this is, is that real? Yeah, certainly <laughs> yeah. driving so in. so beautiful. Yeah, the uh, Royal Hake here was oh. one thing that you look at and you're like, wow, that is unique. Yeah. And that's kind of like an icon of the park. Yeah. yeah. Show someone that, they know that's Fitzgerald River. And it's interesting, I did hear this, and people, listeners might be able to go and find the details from the you know Radio National show that I heard it on, but... Um, when the botanists discovered down there and they were like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable, um, a lot of them tried to take some species out and plant them, yeah. you know, and, and replant them and grow them. And they found with the royal hakea, anyway, this is the story I heard, is that um, they couldn't get it to come up with all those different colors mm. because it's the actual, um, the, the poor nutrient soil that, ah. that gives it that color. And wow. I love that analogy because I think the beauty... I have to remember in that. In people is from the suffering, you know, the things, the struggles we have are what makes us, distinguishes us mm. from others and gives us our unique beauty. And I think that's what's really special about that park. Mm. All those mm. species are unique survivors of millions of years of evolution. Mm. And yeah. that is, you know, a miracle to witness. And I love that. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I have to remember that because we found, like, we really wanted to get an example to take home. 
they obviously can't take them from the park because no. it's illegal. So we actually found um, a nursery in Esperance and the lady had this huge like collection of native plants and was like do you happen to have a royal hake here and she like poked her head over the fence and there's one just growing there and she had a little one so i've got one in my backyard and no it's, way. it's green at the moment and we really want the colors but as you say i have to treat it really poor <laughs> <laughs> yeah. crappier soil yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's amazing when you go to the park because it's actually palpable just how many different species there are you yeah. walk and you're like haven't seen this today haven't seen this oh this is new and you don't get that anywhere else, you know, like e even though people talk about Stirling Range and Lesieux National Park being as good, I don't think they are as good. I think that while the wildflowers can be as beautiful in those parks, the the fact that you just keep seeing new things in Fitzgerald is at a level that is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of the best ways to see the wildflowers is, of course, by walking. Of mm. course. Yeah. A, uh, Get right up close and personal. Yeah, know. we are a, a hiking podcast here, a trail podcast. So we'll talk about some of the hikes that are in the area because it is split into the park and there is no hike straight through, as we discussed with Rodanir. So we've got a, there's a good range of day hikes. There's mm -hmm. not very many, but East Mount Barron kind of has to take the cake on this one, doesn't it? Oh, it's one a, of the premier mm, day hikes in the mm, the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's only it's only a um, you know it's, it's there and back. It's you three, know three three k's. That's yeah. right. It's only about three k. So when you when you go up, I mean, it's quite steep. It's quite rugged. It's a level four, I think, yeah. uh, category four hike. But um, you can take your time, and when you get to the top, the view you get the Cullum Cullum inlet yeah. on the east you get the is it the air range the on air the, range, the, the air the range north, yeah, yeah on the north and then you get the west barrens on the or the mid mid, mid and barrens. west barren on yeah. the mm. on the on the west and it's just beautiful and on the way up there you know you see well in summer anyway when they're they're flowering the the barrens regalia the nice red big tall mm -hmm. um lanky with their bright red flowers yeah yeah, yeah. and it's such like a varied hike because you kind of go up in little sections yeah, and you're yeah. like you can one the first section you're looking back to the mid barrens and the west barrens and then all of a sudden you go over like a little rocky ledge mm. and you're looking towards the ocean mm. more and then you know the little walk through the kind of the scrub there it's mm. just amazing and then the last little bit up to the summit is mm. quite fun yeah i love <laughs> kind of scrambling like a up there rock scramble yeah yeah i had the google trekker backpacks so i had 18 kilos of camera on my back and trying to get up that narrow little ledge <laughs> <laughs> and you just hear this like donk donk <laughs> you're like, oh, oh, probably should uh yeah duck a little bit more but yeah, as you say the views from the summit are just mm. epic yeah and yeah best experience at sunset i found yeah one of the yeah, things that, that i found really interesting um having not done it but having looked at a lot of the photos and having you know, explored other parts of the park is that not just is the wildflowers uh, an attraction, but the geology of the place is mm. very different mm. from the rest of the southwest. Mm. In terms of you know, instead of the the rounded granite, you've got the spiky sort yeah. of rock 
can you tell us a bit about like how do, how do you describe that mark like because it's quite it's quite spiky on East Mount Barron, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like Planet of the Apes, like where you see, or like even Star Wars, where you see a starship that's being crashed into a desert, and there's just these like spiky bits coming up. <laughs> that was one of the things when you posted about the Mamang Trail, and you've got the black mm. ones on the beach, and I was just like, I have to go visit this place because you know you don't get that. It's just yeah like it's it's rugged that's probably the definition of the word is yeah Yeah. Mm. Yeah. and you've got all these weird angles and they point off and if you can get it right you get the clouds matching up or it points out to the ocean it's just it's very photogenic um the area especially east mount barren because you've got so many different um things to look at and Mm. feature points in the uh, background so Mm. and it's easy to get to as well you know it's accessible for people can drive up to it and then do the hike and come back down to the cast just mm. on the, you know, on the after, what is and it, this drive? Hammersley, Hammersley Drive, Hammersley yeah. Drive, and yeah. don't believe your eyes on Google Street View because I had a look at the, the other day and it's still a gravel road on <laughs> Google Street View. So it has been paved. Um, there's quite a bit of money being pumped into the park mm. um, to try and boost the tourism. Mm. So it is accessible by two-wheel drive quite yeah. easily. So what about, um, you were talking before about uh, No Tree Hill, Yes. Is so, that right? Yes. You, yeah? so this is I never got the, there. So It's kind of a bit of an awkward one to get to. So it's not through the main entrance on the eastern side. You have to come in from the north. And it right. is a full drive track only for the last four or five Ks. It's just really sandy. And the feature of No Tree Hill, apart from there being no trees on the... Um, the hill that you finish on is surprising. Surprising, they actually <laughs> named it correctly. <laughs> um, is actually the weeping gums, and you do get them on Sepulchralis Hill, but they are m- even more epic on No Tree Hill. So they're kind of imagine a flat plain of the Royal Hakia, just windswept like landscape, and then you come to these skinny, skinny, skinny like almost gums and they look like someone's just put a flag or a spear in the ground and that is the story of the weeping gum is the um there was a a guy who stole a another tribe's wife Mm. and they chased him and and at sepulchrous hill and they speared him and the weeping gums are the spears waving okay um, in the the air so yeah eucalyptus sepulchrous yeah, yeah, mm. they are. It's just one of those things like you just walk through, and then all of a sudden there's just these like just airy plants. It's it's amazing. Um, mm. but yeah, it's six k's return. I recommend taking a hat <laughs> and lots of sunscreen because it is quite open and exposed. But definitely, if you've got a four wheel drive, one to check out. Yeah, and also, you know, I think people. It's interesting to know because I I didn't think when I went it was literally the end of December and I thought oh all the wildflowers are gone and I'm not going to catch very much but there were so many wildflowers still at the end of December lots of banksias um, uh, lots of there were trigger plants lots of uh, grevilleas it was still really really um, there were still so many plants so many mm. flowers out yeah I find sometimes on the south coast it does peak in December like it can get to its best point there because you get the start to get the stuff that in summer comes out like Christmas trees mm. and that's something that is interesting in the south in the that particular that's area beautiful. actually that's really Nutia floribunda that's yeah. beautiful they are they they do they have that's another plant that was out mm. yeah, lots of them just mm. uh, 
Yeah, I feel like the southwest is a bit more blessed with the wildflowers because you get stages. Yes. Whereas Perth, it's the rains come, you get spring, and then they kind of all die off. Yeah, whereas, like by November, it's kind of not great anymore. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> um, yeah, the southwest, you kind of get a good spread, and you can go almost any time of year and and get. <laughs> Erica's filming us at the moment. <laughs> We're not used to having the camera in our face. Um, but yeah, that brings us on to the multi-day hike, and mm. I would have to say one of the best hikes I've ever done, probably the best hike I've ever done in the Hakia Trail. Mm. I guess we should maybe talk a bit about what it was going to be. So it was going to be a true multi-day. It was going to be a seven-day hike from Ravensthorpe to Hopton. However, due to the extreme um biodiversity they had to cut it back so the the epa knocked it back and they said well no you can't go through the middle of the, the wilderness section of the park that's in the mid mount barrens so as a result we now have two shorter trails it is possible to walk through the park but it's significantly more arduous than it would have been if it's a trail because there's no facilities and really the hakia trail i guess is is a good way of seeing what could have been had there not been, you know, the need to protect the biodiversity there. Mm. I actually think it's kind of like in a good way that the mid-barrens are kept separate because mm. they're a feature no matter which side of the park you're on and you look at them and just knowing that you can't get to them, it's kind of like that's pristine wilderness just being kept like that. And even if you do do the whole way um, navigating yourself you are not allowed I think it's above the 150 elevation marker that's correct yeah um, so even if you wanted to it's severely frowned upon and yeah I would hate to see anyone try and break that just because they could mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah the Hakia Trail I know you've spent many many a days on the Hakia Trail I, I haven't spent that many days actually I, I went down um, I think it was the 30th of December last year and or the 29th or something. And I came down, um, did a couple of hikes, and then decided to go off, park the car at Hammersley Inlet, mm. walked up to Wellwone well Beach, which is um, maybe, is it 6 or 9 Ks? I think 9 Ks. 6 Ks from, from Hammersley. Oh, from, from Hammersley. I think it's 9, 9 from Hammersley. Yeah. And then, and then camped New Year's Eve, on the beach, yeah. there was nobody there. It's a top. It's a world class um, hut, a hiker's hut. It really is a really. It's it's so well um, serviced there. The there's toilets, there's water, um, and yeah. So I think it's a great facility. But because there was no one there and the beach was gorgeous, mm. um, my friend and I we just camped on the beach. So we we camped. We spent New Year's Eve camped on Wellbone Beach, which was a really great it's, way to see the new year in. Yeah. And and then we walked the next day return to Coinhead and back. And that was that was beautiful. I mean all the flat up there, lots of trigger plants. Um yeah, so a lot of beautiful plants up there. And that coastal that rugged coastal um shore. It's just um you can imagine pirates <laughs> yeah. well, going into those been, coves and those heads and just it's there would yeah. have been whalers back in the day. Yeah. That's um, right. Yeah. yeah. But it is, especially Coinhead, because that's where the trail officially starts or ends, depending mm. on which way you go. Mm. It is one of the most breathtaking views mm. of the park because mm. you've got like the little inlet and the bay that's really long and really hard to capture in one photo, as mm. I found out. Mm. 
And yeah, the ranger was saying that that's one of the most pristine beaches on the yeah. coast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just amazing. And as you said, Whalebone Campsite, which is only six k's from Coin Head, mm. is it's Mundabidi quality, and it's such a shame that the brochure only says limited facilities. Yeah, because it's pretty. Yeah, and yeah, if you knew there was coffee. water there and really good sleeping huts, um, tables, mm. and a deck, I think more people would visit. Definitely. Now, when yeah. you say Mundabidi, it is actually Mundabidi Hut, isn't it? Yes. Basically. So, unlike the Billman, which is all exposed, these ones it's a four-sided shelter, mm. and it's got a little gap or hallway in the middle Mm. and then the sleeping bunks are either side of that but they're all enclosed yep Um, and it's got a beautiful veranda just overlooking the sort of little gully in front of it yeah and uh toilets a big water tank two water tanks two water tanks that's right it's got two water tanks and they're always Um, full even in the middle of summer they're always full because the ranger makes sure to get out there but that is accessible only by four-wheel drive track i mean if you want to hike there if you want to, you can drive all the way when it's open, when the road's open, you can drive all the way to Coin Head. But it's, it's, a, it's a serious four-wheel drive track with some sections, 30, 40 metres in places where it's quite, um, the, it's quite rocky, exposed rock and, you know, yeah. quite a, it needs a skillful driver to, mm. to do yeah. that. Yeah, and a serious machine as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even getting out to Coin Head is ridiculous. Like mm. I thought, oh, yeah, we'll be fine. But then the ranger had his boss's car that was a all-wheel drive ranger, a four-wheel drive ranger, and even he was taking it slow. And yeah. you could see it just took a lot of time and effort to get yeah. there, mm. which is kind of funny because the drive in on the sand, you think, oh, this isn't too bad. And I think a lot of people might think, mm, I'll be able to make this and then yeah. get stuck. Yeah. yeah. I think another thing that is important to note about the park is due to the biodiversity and the fear of spreading die back mm. that if it rains they just close the park yeah mm. so it's not just difficult to get to mm. in the sense of four drive tracks but sometimes mm. they'll just go no we're not letting you into the park yeah, yeah. because it's raining today yeah. but the advantage that the east has now is that it is paved all the way to hammersley campsite oh, sorry i'm um, tarmac all the way to hammersley mm. campsite mm. so you can still do the hakia trail yeah. from hammersley yeah. um, or the finish at cave point and you can walk. I mean, you can drive up there and then walk up to Coin Head. You know, you can yeah. actually go that way. It's mm. just if you want to drive all the way to Coin Head and walk back, which is what we're doing next week. Mm. So I was on the on the phone to Paul yeah. uh, Coney. Is it Coney? One of the rangers. Yeah. They're so nice, those guys. He's a they're nice so guy. nice. They yeah. really know their stuff, you know. And they're involved in a couple of uh, drive, four wheel drive uh, during the Ravensthorpe Wildflower Show. They, mm. They're going along and showing people through the park. and. Yeah. You know, but he was saying that, yeah, it's closed, but it's going to be open next week. <laughs> yeah, because they're, they're really good about the um, disease protection on yeah. their cars. They have yeah. all these washdown stations, yeah. and yeah. yeah, they're great. Um, but yeah, as, I mean, if you were going there to do the Hakia Trail, I would recommend starting at Cave Point. So you start in the pave section, and then you can walk all the way to Whalebone Campsite in a day. That's, what, 15 k's? Yeah, yeah something like that. Yep. Yeah. And then the next day, or even that day, drop your packs and walk to Coin Head, walk yes. back, stay the night, and mm. then, yeah, come back the same way. Yeah. But the, yeah. just the coastline is just magnificent. Like, you're mm. never short of views on this trail yeah. at all. And even the views that you don't expect. So there's a little section just after Whalebone where it takes you inland a little bit mm. and you're thinking, well, why are we going away from the mm. coast? But mm. then you get shots of the um, East Mount Barren and yep. the Air Range and the oh, it's the Mid Barrens and it's the Warrup Range. 
I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they're the, the range that you follow mm. um, on the first section from Coinhead, mm. and it's just epic because it is just plains and grassland and royal hakias all the way to the horizon and just these little peaks in the distance. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, kind of the beaches as well. Like it's not as bad as the Cape to Cape. And oh, no, probably a lot no. more enjoyable too. Yeah, yeah. And it has no. to be said, the sands there, you know, a lot of people talk about Lucky Bay, Lucky Bay, Lucky Bay, Lucky Bay, Lucky Bay. Yeah. But the sands there are oh. just as white. Yeah. You know, it's that pure bleached white sand. Yeah. yeah. And, and these sections with lots of little tiny shells as well. Yeah. Did you, that was, uh, I think that was um, sort of coming back towards Hammersley, close to Hammersley Inlet. Yeah. You kind of, you section. drop down onto that little right. bay yeah. and then, yeah, go along the rocks and then mm. you open up to Hammersley Inlet, mm. which is quite large. So we didn't expect it to be as big as it is. Yeah. Um, and that's quite a, it's not a slog because you're surrounded by a beautiful scenery. But yeah, it's just yeah. There's none amazing. of the seven k beaches. Yeah, like, it's not on deep the Cape deep. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the end. It's manageable. Yeah. And unlike the Cape to Cape, there's poles telling you where to exit and where you can go. Actually, mm. yeah, that's a that's a really good point and something to maybe, you know, um, give feedback to the Cape to Cape. Mm. You know, people, I think it's I think yeah the Fitzgerald River Trail whoever designed it was really clever. You know, I know that they obviously, they probably felt a bit, you know, they probably had ambitions for this great multi-day trail and they had to cut it back. But what they have produced, the quality of the signage, the quality of the information mm. panels and everything mm. is really at a standard that is world-class, mm. I think. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, definitely. I mean, I think the Cape to Cape is a world-class hike. And they've got a new logo now. But yes. we're not talking about the Cape no. to Cape logo, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Like, it is world class and yeah. it is a shame that not many people know about it or mm. even hike it. Um, but yeah, mm. it's amazing. And then like the final stretch down towards Cave Point, you get the, the beach and then, oh, what's it called? Wait, there's West Beach? No, no, no. And the, then... the chasm. Oh, I don't know. Sorry. The Zorn? The Zorn, yes. What? What was it called? The the Zorn. I think it is. It comes from a, a Celtic term. Ooh. And it's, yeah, it's just off trail and you'd never know about it unless you looked at the sign. But it's like, yeah, a little like chasm mm. from the ocean into the rock. And that's where you climb up um, up into the, I call them um, Salmon Gum Mallee. <laughs> I don't think that's the, the proper name. Kind of just like salmon gums, but on a diet. <laughs> there is the diversity of eucalyptuses down there. I don't know if you say eucalyptus or eucalyptuses, but it's, um, it's also incredible. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just an amazing part. And there's always like lookouts where they make you stop and appreciate the landscape where you have a little sit. And the yeah. same thing on the Mamang Trail, which we'll talk about in the next pod is there's points of interest that they make you stay there and appreciate. Mm. Whereas sometimes if you walking on a trail, you might not know you've stopped somewhere or yeah. passed somewhere. No, there's a few um, really well constructed platforms where you can sit and, uh, you know, and have lunch or whatever, enjoy the view and, and uh, you're sort of, you know, off the sand close to the edge of the, of the mm. cliffs. Mm. Yeah. I felt it reminded me a lot of Peruna in terms of the quality of construction, which is at a standard that's above both 
the Bibbleman and Cape to Cape in terms of like, there's suddenly there's a lookout point and we'll build a seat and everything. And, and you mm. do get them sometimes on the Bibbleman and the Cape to Cape. But the amount of those that are on the Fitzgerald River trails mm. is really high. And you don't see that very often anywhere in Australia. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's almost a blessing that mining kind of didn't take off in that area <laughs> because they had to pump in money elsewhere and know, we've got all these lovely trails. Yeah, but they did. There is huge amount of mining. I know, yeah. and it's sorry. just starting to pick up again. <laughs> it's huge um, lithium. It's it's. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, don't you don't have to record this, but no, I mean no, no, I think are. it's a fair thing to say because it was. So the there reason why there's all this money went into the park mm. was that they they basically the the economy had completely crashed for the local towns. And so they said, well, we'll pump all this money into tourism to make this great trail. And the yeah. idea was originally to have a, a road through the park, which is a terrible idea. Um, but so they had all these trails and then the mine kind of picked up again anyway. And it's kind of unfortunate because, you know, this area is beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And what's a real shame is yeah. most people, like when we're staying in town, we'd heard stories that most people don't know the national parks there. Even though they're ten minutes away in Hope the locals, Town. no, 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 the visitors coming oh, okay. into Hope Town, and because there's a tiny little sign, like an old orange sign that says Fitzgerald River National Park that oh, way, and you have road, no yeah, idea, the, yeah. like the beauty and the just the quality of the park, mm. judged off that one sign. Yeah, and like they spent all this money, and then they didn't follow up with any kind of marketing. <sighs> Well, maybe yeah. we talk about it and we let people know. And yeah. Everybody lets other people know. And everybody listening out there let people know to go down to the Fitzgerald mm. River National Park. And the whole biosphere down there, it's not just the park, but also mm. the Ravensthorpe Range and the and the Heritage Trail from Hopeton up to Ravensthorpe. I mean, that's all. Yeah, like Biodiversity heaven. Yeah. You know, like I was just reading that the out of the 15 biodiversity hotspots in Australia, eight of them are in Western Australia, mm, and mm. the two of them are in the southwest. Mm. So it's, it's you want to see biodiversity, get down there. Yeah, <laughs> and it's almost in spite of not being advertised that the Ravensort Wildflower Show attracts thousands of international visitors, not mm. just a local thing, but mm. people flying all over the world just to see this one time of year. Oh, and they are, um, and those... They're just amazing. I, I was down there last week and, and uh, the hospitality, it's a community event. I mean, most of it is just volunteers, volunteers that go out picking, volunteers that help man the stores, volunteers that create the big, beautiful wildflower chandeliers that they've got. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's beautiful. And then the experts, all the people, all the, the orchid experts, all the um, uh, plant and, and uh, uh, wildlife down there, they're they're all in that area because mm. they love it, mm. uh, and you know people can go no 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 that's not oh eucalyptus da 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 it's a eucalyptus da 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 subspecies da 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 because of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and they tell you everything and it is fascinating yeah. and I just I'm I'm just in love with this place yeah <laughs> mm. we had some friends of ours from Canberra who mm. did the Bibbleman track mm. Peter and Sonia and they said to us when we were there was oh we were thinking of going to Fitzgerald and they said. You'll never, like, you'll be spoiled for life. Like, if you're talking about biodiversity, you know, in other states, they have better mountains, they have better rainforests. You know, we have no rainforest here except for, you know, really far in the north. But if you're talking about really about wildflowers, WA is the best state for it, and this is the best place in the whole state for it. Mm. Mm. And, you know, you you walk there and you will be spoiled for life. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And I mean, as you say, like the best way is to get out and walk. Even if you just went to the, the local campsites, like you just wander around and there's wildflowers and wildflowers yeah. and yeah. just the drive. It's just, yeah, so underrated. It's almost criminal. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, when we talk about the east side I and mean, the west side, my favorite beach in all of Australia is there. Um <laughs> And yet, you can have it to yourself. Mm. That's amazing to me. Did you camp? No, because I had the Google tracker, we had to do it in one day. Oh, yeah. Um, So that was an effort, which we didn't quite get. We finished in the dark almost. Um, But, yeah, I really want to return in spring and Mm. camp. Mm. Because I saw your logbook entry at Whalebone, but you could actually (laughs) count how many visitors per month, and it was like 10 or 12, which is It's crazy. For such a facility, it's crazy. But the the campground, the other one I camped at was um, at Four Mile Beach. Yeah. And um, I think I counted 13 spots, maybe 13 spots there. I think it was even more because I went over And then some double ones as well. Yeah. Um, So I went over Easter the first time and then I went back with the Google trip. So we stayed at Four Mile Beach as well. Yeah. And yeah, like in terms of campsites... (sighs) You're on, you've got little ring road thing that yep, goes around, yep. but then you have to wander like, I don't know, 20, 30 meters through the scrub and mm. then you've got your own little private campsite it's, and there's yeah. barbecues Very and well picnic designed. tables, drop toilets. Yeah. It's, yeah. In and terms of money that they've put in, it's quite, quite well looked after. Yeah. Very well looked after and, um, and safe and yeah. Mm. It's, and the beaches nearby yeah, right, are great right as well. Right there. Yeah. yeah. You actually get to see like the base of East Mount Barron. Yeah. And you can look up and see, like, from the beach, the peak of East Mount Barron, and, like, I can go hike that. And then you do. <laughs> yeah. I think just to let people know, how long does it take to get to the east side of the park? Because that's, I guess, one of the difficulties about the east side of Fitzgerald River National Park is that it is quite a fair drive. Mm. So that's probably what has kept it so pristine, but it's also what's kept it probably less visited than it should be. So how long does it take to actually get there? It took me six hours. Yeah. From Perth? From Frio. Okay. Yeah, yeah, six hours. And I went I went quite slowly. I, I kind of wanted to go the Brookton Highway this time because last time I went on the other one. Albany? Yeah, yeah. the Albany Highway that goes through Williams and stuff. But this time I went through Hayden and uh, Ravensthorpe. And um, and it was it's really pretty. And there's a lot of wildflowers along those roads as well. You know, really, really pretty in canola fields and all of that. You know, so all the way down, you know, it's really quite um, picturesque. But, um, yeah, it took me six hours. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a great addition. If you're thinking about going to Esperance is... Either, you can go either way, but going down to Fitzgerald River National Park first or on your way home is a good way to break up the trip and you get to see a world-class mm. national park, mm. which is what we did. I think if you're just going to Esperance and driving the eight and a half hours, I think you're missing out if you don't stop in at Fitzgerald mm. River. Mm. So the question I have for you, Mark, is, okay, you've been to Cape Le Grand National Park and you've been to Fitzgerald River. Yeah. Which is better? And is Lucky Bay not the best beach or is it as... Is it worthy of its praise? It's worthy of its praise. I feel like if the kangaroos weren't on the beach, it wouldn't be as well known. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably what tips it over the edge, especially with the Instagram um, generation that we're in. But Fitzgerald River just walks all over it. Um, not actually, <laughs> I say that incorrectly. It doesn't walk <laughs> all over it um, because like Thistle Bay in Cape Le Grand is amazing. Um, same with Hellfire and Lucky Bay as well. 
but Fitzgerald River just doesn't have the amount of people visiting it mm. purely because it is so far away from a major town. And I think that isolation gives it the edge. And we'll talk about your favorite beach in the next podcast. But I think that <laughs> is one of the biggest factors is the isolation. Yep, for sure. I'm not, I, I don't, um, I'm not sure if it's useful to go, you know, like this is the best and this is the, this is better than that one or, you know, cause it's what people, you know, it's what you love. But, but it, I think it is up there with one of the places that has most inspired me and just filled me with awe and joy to be mm. in nature and the the sort of delight at seeing the shape and the colour of flower that I've never ever seen before or you can you've never imagined existed and then oh wow oh my gosh and another one and then so many things that hit you that are just so pleasing to the senses you know mm. um I guess that's, that's what, why you that's, keep returning. I know. <laughs> and, yeah. Do you know what? I went down there and straight away, I hadn't, you know, I went down there and straight away I, I, I came back to Perth beginning of the year and I went, right, I'm going to organize a walk down there. And I straight away put together a kind of quasi plan mm. and and uh, advertised it and and this is what we're doing next week. You know, it was just, it was on a whim. It was like, I must do it. I must do it. Mm. So anyway... And you're very lucky to be able to do that as a job. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel great <laughs> sadness for not being able to go back. Like, it's something... I haven't been there for two years. Last time oh, I was there was 2016. Really? Oh. And I'm just like, oh, I want to go. But, you know, there's just so many other things and life gets in the way. And it's a bit further than doing some other stuff. But I'll get back there. Yeah. <laughs> as one yeah. of those places yeah. you have to spend at least... If you're doing the longer trails, at least a week. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's why I was happy when the Google thing came up. I was like, yes, because I wasn't going to be able to do the Mamang or the Haikyu Trail for at least a year and a half or two years. So that's I was like, jumped on board, like, mm. oh, get these <laughs> trails in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I guess we're kind of like to wrap up the podcast, we might as well talk about the closest town, which is Hopeton. Mm. Um, beautiful little community um mm. that's where we stayed while we we're based in the park um for the, the google trip mm. like it's got a great pub as well which you kind of expect that's like the cornerstone of a good country town <laughs> <laughs> but the beach along there as well is uh, you know equal to whatever you find in fitzgerald river mm. and you get the views back to west mount barron mm. as well um around the bay it is yeah yeah, kind yeah. Of, it became you know one of my favorite country towns while i was staying there yeah it's nice yeah, that's where, um, so Tim Flanagan, if he ever listens to this podcast, he is the person that got me interested to go down there when he came walking with us on the Cape to Cape. He, he said, you've got to go down. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Da, da, da. And so I just said, yeah, okay. Mm. And uh, yeah. And so him and his wife lived down there. He was a retired farmer, lots of retired farmers, I think, mm. in the community and younger families. But yeah, very, I think quite close-knit community and um and everybody it seems to me from the few people i've met that everybody seems to pull together and mm. you know especially for community events like the wildflower show and mm. so on you know mm. yeah. i guess there is a strong appreciation in the town for how amazing yeah. their national park is yeah, i think so mm. yeah mm. Mm. everyone has everyone there even when they you know when i didn't know somebody and i wasn't introduced to someone by someone else from there yeah. people were always friendly um, really helpful, out of their way to make sure I understood the directions. And, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah, I remember there and we were having dinner at the pub and, mm. you know, a guy would come up and he'd be asking, oh, how are you? I haven't seen you guys around and or you guys have been here every night for... <laughs> 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 you know, what's your story and, and, you know, what are you doing here? And you explain, they're like, oh, yeah, cool. And they always want to tell you more about, you know, you should go see this and go see this. Mm. And, yeah, mm. it's good community spirit they've mm. got there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I guess on that note, we'll uh, wrap things up. Yep. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for listening. That was the east side of Fitzgerald River National Park and we'll be back with the west side in our next episode. <laughs> west side represent. <laughs> yeah. And if anyone has any questions or any suggestions for us, please email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com and if you want to rate the pod on iTunes, that would be great. <laughs> Just Five <to> let... <laughs> stars, please. <laughs> yes. Let us know that you're enjoying the show and um, yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs>